Gambling is pretty common. Some even say it's part of Australian culture. And for many people, it's a harmless activity. But for some, it can become an issue. Welcome to Let's Talk Gambling, the podcast, covering topics like kids gaming and gambling, the risks of online gambling, and knowing when it's time to talk. This podcast series gets the conversation started. So let's talk gambling with your host, Natalie Wright, Director, Office of Responsible Gambling, New South Wales. We all want to reach out to our loved ones when we're worried about them, but it can be hard to know where to start. What do we say? How will they react? In our last podcast, we talked about the signs someone might be struggling with their gambling. Today, with the help of our guests, we're going to talk about how we can start the conversation when we're worried about a family member or a friend's gambling. Welcome to Ashley Gordon from Aboriginal Safe Gambling Service and also to Nick Fisher, a counsellor from Gamble Aware in Northern Sydney and Central Coast. Welcome to you both. Good afternoon. Thank you. Firstly to you, Nick, you work with people experiencing gambling harm every day, whether it's because of their own or somebody else's gambling. If someone's concerned about a family member or friend, how can they start the conversation? Is there a good time or place to approach them? Oh, look, that's a hugely important question. What I would say to that is try and make it as conversational, as relaxed as possible. You know, no one wants to be confronted intervention style about we think you've got a huge issue and making things mammoth or enormous in terms of the scale. Really making it about having a chat with a mate or really having a relaxed conversation is typically the way to go. So depending on the setting or the person, I reckon I've had a lot of success with people just having a sit down, maybe have a coffee chatting about the weekend and saying, you know, hey, I, I noticed a few things might be going on for you there. You're getting a bit distracted or you're kind of going off on your own or whatever the case might be. And just really letting people know that you're concerned about them and more than anything else that you're with them on your side because they want to make sure when anyone's thinking about getting help or might be in a vulnerable situation that a person who's in a position to help is doing so from a place of collaboration. That's great. Thank you. And Ashley, you work with Aboriginal communities across the state who have long recognised the importance of talking or having a yarn. What have you learnt about talking about gambling in these communities and do you approach it differently? I agree with everything Nick said in particular, but from my end, we we need to tackle the issues around discussion and, and yarning in a more of a collective we can't wait for people to hit rock bottom or wait for an individual to ring a phone number. It's about Aboriginal people as a population taking the issue quite seriously. It's evident in our communities. It's not really talked enough about in our health settings, our mental health, and drug and alcohol, domestic violence services. So we have to recognise that it is causing some problems and it's okay to, to talk about it, but more importantly, see it as a priority for your service because we're probably neglecting some of our clients who, who could be facing more than just one problem, which is more than just gambling. Yeah, that's great advice. And you often, you know, go into community and and talk about gambling. What sort of experiences have you had there? Do you think people are open to talk about it once you get talking? Once we get talking, but I will say this, it's very sensitive. It's, It's a very difficult topic to bring up. Many people don't like to talk about their money and how they spend their money or their relationship. So uh, it's very difficult to get them to open up about something that they feel very important to them. So we have to change that mindset around, we're just trying to support you. It's not like you're doing anything wrong. It's just that, you know, we've seen some signs that maybe it's creating some harm and it's okay to speak. And I can 
clearly say up front that I think Aboriginal people have a very strong kinship structure, but I don't think we support each other enough when it comes to asking the simple question of, are you doing okay? Is there anything we can do to help? And throw in the fact that when it comes to help-seeking behaviour, that there are some quality gambling-aware services out there that know how to support Aboriginal people. And so we need to change that dialogue too and make that more of a, a positive experience of, of attending and a service that is culturally appropriate. Yeah, great point. Thanks, Ashley. And, you know, sometimes the most important conversations can be the hardest. Nick, what advice do you give to clients who want to talk to a family member that they think might be struggling with gambling? Are there do's and don'ts in this space? I think it's really important not to use judgmental language. You know, we can oftentimes fall in trap of using you or kind of, you know, it's your problem. What have you done? This is a sort of, you know, something very kind of linked to the person as opposed to it is kind of a, a psychological and societal reaction. You know, no one chooses to be a problem gambler. No one aspires to be in debt. So it's really important to use kind of inclusive language, language that doesn't make someone necessarily a perpetrator of a, a crime or a transgression, but more someone who's an altogether round person who's struggling with a particular issue. So again, it's always got to be about bringing people in, not pulling people apart. And just letting people know that once again, you're there for them, you're there to support them, and you're there to work with them in terms of what happens next. Yeah, that's really good advice. And Ashley, in Aboriginal communities specifically, what advice do you give people and organisations supporting community? I have a simple process, and, and yes, I call it yarning. So, you know, having a discussion, having a yarn allows people to acknowledge. And when people can acknowledge, they can then identify and take some ownership, particularly if it's in the community. So once we get people taking ownership, hopefully then will they start helping and start getting involved. So when when they own the issue or they recognise it's a problem, then we're going to get, you know, some more support and some more people talking and and being on side with what we're all trying to do. So if that that happens, hopefully we can involve them in the decision-making. They can be a part of planning. They can be a part of working in collaboration. So it's not a, a service on its own. It's a number of services, a number of people, it's a number of family members, whatever it might be. But we're working in collaboration. So yarning isn't just about yarning. It's about getting them to acknowledge, getting them to take some ownership, getting them being part of the planning, be part of, you know, the issue. So we're all working together on the decision-making and implementing, you know, programs. So that's the biggest thing around yarning. Yeah, that's really important too. So, Nick, it's not just family that we might be worried about. Quite often, you know, other people around us, like our friends or colleague, that you might think, mm, I think they might be struggling here. How can we talk to them about gambling? You know, from a lot of sort of, you know, office and professional environments, you know, where things like the Melbourne Cup or horse racing, you know, might be pretty commonplace, you know, that certainly affects the nature of the relationship with the person. And, you know, I think really what we need to recall here is the fact that, you know, it affects people in different ways, but the advice doesn't change too dramatically. You know, if someone's identified that they have any kind of issue around gambling, whether you focus on the workplace or another domain, I think we have a consistent approach here, which is about reaching out for help, getting support, getting in contact with some sort of, you know, clinical therapeutic support if necessary. And more than anything else, it's about having clear and open lines of communication available. That if someone needs to have a chat, you're there for them. That if someone needs to kind of maybe call someone after their first appointment with a counsellor, you can be that person. Even if you were just to send them a text message, it can make the world of difference. 
So some of us will see people with gambling problems in our professional lives, you know, GPs, health professionals, Aboriginal medical services and community workers see people every day who are experiencing many different issues and sometimes gambling can be part of it, but they may not be aware that that is part of the issue. Ashley, you've done a lot of work in this space. How can health and community workers talk to their patients and clients about gambling and why is this important? I think, first of all, New South Wales TAFE are starting to talk about gambling and starting to bring it into the training of Aboriginal health workers. So I think we're going to see some change in TAFE. Secondly, at all the Aboriginal medical services now, they're working off a 715 Aboriginal health check. So there's now a gambling question in the health check. So we're hoping that staff who facilitate the health checks know what to do in regard to someone saying, yes, I may have a gambling problem. So I think in our Aboriginal Health Service, you're going to see more people, one, identifying they have a problem, but two, referrals to our Gambler Aware services. So I think the more we can screen, the more we have staff in these health settings who are qualified and recognise and understand the referral processes, then hopefully people are going to seek help more. And for me, at the end of the day, is not only seeking help, but being able to complete that intervention, complete that treatment, because we're seeing it not enough Aboriginal people complete the full treatment. Yeah, and I guess the most important thing and message for people really is about there is support there and you can recover and you can deal with any struggles that you do have with gambling. So, you know, Ashley, any sort of final words there about, you know, clients that you may have seen that have really recovered well and what a difference it's made to their lives? I was going to say too much in Aboriginal communities, there's a lot of financial hardship. There's a lot of people struggling financially and and a lot of people are on unemployment benefits. So it's very hard for many to identify there might be a problem because they're used to going without, like being broke is normalised. So we need to change that because not having money isn't normal. We want to make sure people can pay their bills and can support their families. So it's really important that we change that mindset that We can save and we can look ahead and we can plan further down the track. So there is some financial literacy, you know, support we could be providing. But I think at the end of the day, the more education, the more choices we can provide for Aboriginal communities, the more you'll see not only will they self-help and they'll help one another, but they will be able to reach out and ask for help, particularly feeling that they're supported culturally when they go to a service. Yeah, definitely. And Nick, any final words from you about having those conversations with family, loved ones, or any other words of advice? My advice would be don't be afraid to have these conversations. I know this can be an awkward and confronting thing to do sometimes, but at the end of the day, I think what you find across the board is people benefit from having someone there who cares for them. And I don't think it's very common. It's extremely rare. My experience that someone says, oh, I'm so upset that someone said that they can, so upset that someone said they were concerned. Letting someone know that they're valuable, that they're important, that they're supported and that there is help available is so very important when someone's struggling so much. And Ashley, to you, any sort of final words of advice for anyone, particularly in Aboriginal communities? I think we can be better at looking for the warning signs, looking for those triggers so that it is okay to ask someone for help. How are you going? Do you need someone to talk to? You know, But I do think we need to look out for those signs so we can offer support and assistance. And like I said, if you love and care for someone, it is okay to ask for help. 
So we often might see some signs in our loved ones, whether it be, you know, a partner or parent that we might be concerned about. What are some of the signs that people should be looking out for, Nick, when, you know, trying to work out whether they may have an issue with gambling? I think some of the signs you want to look out for is if someone's spending, you know, an excessive amount of time away from the family or kind of whatever structure unit that might be. If someone's short of money on a regular basis or has undocumented sort of expenditure that you don't really have any sense of where that money might be going. If someone's acting a little bit erratic and maybe cancelling social plans, someone who might be fixated on their phone or another kind of device. And really someone who's become quite disconnected and disassociated with the people and the activities that they're normally a part of. So once again, it's really important to try and ground people and kind of bring them back to the things and bring them back to the people who they actually feel comfortable connecting with. Thank you. And Ash, I might ask you, you know, once you've started that conversation with, you know, whether it be your partner, your friend, your colleague, what do you do next after that conversation? How can you really support somebody once you've had that initial conversation with them? Once I think people can admit or, or see that something is occurring, they may have a problem. I think it's just important just to sit down and listen. You know, I've always been a believer in listen, learn, share. So you're not just directing what you can provide and that's it. It's about listening to one another and supporting them, mentoring them through the processes, ensuring that the phone number or the website or the people you want, that, that it's fine, it's okay. And that particularly for Aboriginal people, they're trained and they understand and it's okay to follow this pathway. And if they want to do it internally and do it themselves, that it's okay that you can support them through that process as well. So I think the biggest thing I can say is that they're supported through the journey and it's okay, we've been there before and you're not isolated and you know, hopefully by the end of the support that you receive that, like Nick has said, that, yeah, you're back to being the role that you play, the father, the brother, the uncle, you know what I mean, the, the mother, the, the auntie. So we want to ensure that people are playing those roles and I'm a big on identity and identity comes with values and making sure that those values are upheld and that you're you're the person you want to be. And if gambling's playing a role in distracting you, then we need to get that person back on track. Yeah, that's really great advice. And I know that our website, gambleaware.nsw.gov.au, has some tips and conversation starters. So if you really don't know where to start, there are resources available as well. And we definitely know through our Gamble Aware services that you can contact them as well for advice on how to approach it and how to work with your loved one to get them some support. So certainly no one's alone and we really want to make sure that everyone can have a conversation and move forward. So that's all for this episode of Let's Talk Gambling. I'd like to thank Ashley and Nick for helping us all get ready to have a conversation about gambling. And if you do need information or support, please go to gambleaware.nsw.gov.au or call 1800 858 858. And that's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's for information, support, self-help, a multitude of resources there for the community. And also, if today's podcast has raised any issues for you, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 44. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Gambling, the podcast. Are you ready to talk gambling? Start the conversation today by reaching out to your loved ones or calling Gamble Aware on 1-800-858-858 for free confidential advice and support. Not quite sure? Tune in to the next episode. Visit gambleaware.newsouthwales.gov.au for more information or call Gamble Aware on 1-800-858-858.